The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Play fake and set up the throw. Over the middle, he's got his man, DJ Moore, at the 44-yard line. He doesn't go down and spins out of it to the 50, to the 40 of the Bills, and out of bounds inside the 35. He went low to get the catch. Knees did not touch the ground. The Bills did not finish the play, and DJ exploded. You know, so he was he was finishing his play number there. Um, he converted that third down, and Tyson came in. So it was uh, pretty easy to figure out there. Wasn't excited that he got hit on that one, but, you know, it was a screen pass. It wasn't supposed to be like that. He's, you know, drift a little bit more, but uh, he, he did fine. I wonder if Matt Eberflus there was trying to tell you something. It's not supposed to be like that. He's supposed to drift. Matt Eberflus doesn't like to tell you much. He likes to keep everything a secret. Little insight that they, look, they're probably not happy that he took the hit and that that was preventable from their perspective. It's not the way they coach it, was he trying to tell you. Right. Hey, Justin, it's it's time. DJ Moore is so good. Do you know that someone actually called us on the pregame show complaining about DJ Moore? What was the complaint? That the wide receivers are a dime a dozen and that DJ Moore is not very good. I actually took that call on the pregame show. Uh, And by what metric are we using to say that DJ is not good? I could not believe it. Like, and, And Courtney, again, brought this up, and I've been saying it on all of our shows. Every minicamp... Every OTA, every training camp, and every game that he's played in, there's always one play where he reiterates to you, he makes a statement on how good he is. Do you even if it's like a handful of plays that he's only playing in, he shows you how great he is. And and don't take for granted that he's available every day. Every day. Not only is your great he's your best player, his 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 best ability, one of his best abilities, is his availability. In, in a training camp when there, no one's available. When nobody's available. Chase Claypool has been like available in like four practices. Correct. Now, he's, he's an accomplished veteran who's got more skins on the wall than any of these guys. He was in a bad situation in Carolina, but has three 1,100-yard seasons. I'm sure you know there are other guys, too, that have really good resumes. But... He doesn't rest on any of that. He's still in the huddle every single day practicing. And I think it sets a really good tone for that offense, and it sets a good example for the other guys in the receiver room. Look, again, I would reiterate, we're reacting. We're not overreacting. I'm not pessimistic about this season. They're be- their roster is better in the secondary. They're better at linebacker. They're better on the defensive line. When healthy, they're better on the offensive line. They're better in the receiver room. There's more depth at the tight end position. The running back room is every bit as good as it was last year, if not better. And the young quarterback is another year in the system. As a roster, they're significantly better than they were. So I'm optimistic. I'm just unsettled about where they are right now with all of the guys that have missed practice and their offensive line is in flux. And I do remind myself, it's not how you start the season, it's how you end the season. But I'm not in week 17 right now. I'm getting ready for week one, and all I can do is evaluate where they are now. And I'm unsettled with where this roster is in terms of their health. But the Lions start out last year, one and six or one and seven. Like, they finish with, look, as long as you finish the season with the arrow pointing up, you're good. But um, as far as DJ Moore, too, I was thinking about this the other day. DJ Moore's head coach 
the last few years, is now coaching Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Nebra- the Nebraska Cornhuskers. DJ Moore's quarterback from last year was cut by the Chicago Bears. Right. As a backup quarterback. That's who was starting a lot of the games that DJ Moore was playing. Like, that's how, the, that's who was in charge of what, and yet he was still putting up 1,000-yard seasons. Yes. Like, DJ Moore was still flourishing despite that sort of stuff, and you expect even bigger things from DJ Moore as he's in the prime of his career. Yeah, listen, it also feels good to be wanted, and the Bears obviously wanted him. That deal doesn't happen with Carolina unless he's included. And I think that that gives him the buy-in. Like, he's not here to mess around. He's here to succeed. He's here to win. And I think that, that he takes pride in the fact that he, that he was a, a key component, maybe the most key component to that trade with Carolina. Right. Like you said, he was the key component. Yeah. If you don't hear DJ Moore's name, it doesn't happen. John uh, in the city, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Johnny? Hey, how you doing, guys? We're good. Uh, I wanted to bring up a few points that I don't think have ever been brought up. First of all, I wish there was an education uh, to help fans understand what really goes on in the NFL. I know there's reports, this and that, uh, but I don't think there's enough education. I mean, I lived in this city for many, many years of my life. Uh, played a lot of football, coached a lot of football, and I understand. It's like I hope they, if, if you lose a game in an exhibition, there's reasons why, because they are putting non-starters to see if they can do anything in that game. You know, players that they can keep and develop. You know, there's much more other things that can be done. Don't judge a team in preseason. They could be 4-0, and meaning nothing going into the season and lose every game. So it's in my mind, I wish the station, and I know you have some former players on that state, could educate fans instead of always letting them come in and complain. Blame in the preseason. It means nothing. You know what? It means that who could play or who cannot. That's the way it works. And uh, coaches look at it and say, okay, this guy can't. And if he can't, you're gone. And I think they need to know more of a process. It's kind of a hidden type thing that for some reason they want to hide. Expose it. There's former players on your station. I'm not sure what you're talking about, John. Oh, you're not. Exposing what? What exposing what? Expose, not expose, but explain to fans what happens in the process. John, I think, I think, I think that especially on this show, we have made the point very clear. Now, people may disagree with it, but I believe that the preseason is very valuable. I don't care about the outcome of the game. I don't care about the final score. But I do believe for a young up-and-coming team that's got a lot of new faces, this roster has turned over. More than half of this roster has two years or less experience in this league. I, for right. one, with my own experience as, as the, the backdrop for why I feel this way, felt that I needed repetition to get ready for the regular season. Not everybody feels that way. But I can only tell you how I feel. And I think that preseason reps are beneficial for these guys. Not talking about exposing yourself to unnecessary risk, but I think to get ready to play, you have to play some. And that's why I feel that the the joint practices with other teams are very important. And I do believe that when you get to the preseason, that it's also important for a lot of your guys to play. Would I feel differently if this team, if we were cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs or for the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I would. 
but they don't have the same number of young players who haven't played with each other over the course of the last couple of years. So that's why I think it's more important. Now, if you're someone who feels like the preseason is meaningless, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I just don't feel that way. I think that there's a, there's a real well, need for it. I don't think it's meaningless. It's see who could play under pressure. That's what it's about. And, and the rest of it goes, I agree with 100% of what you said. And I, I, I'm sorry if I made the thing that, oh, no, uh, preseason this and that. No, it's can those kids play? And that's the bottom line. Can they go against good players at certain times? That's why they're playing all the young guys. If they don't, they're gone. I think the philosophy is outstanding with the new Bears. It wasn't with the old regime. And I I like what's going on a lot. And uh, they're going to be good down the road. It's just a matter of, you know, it might not happen in one year, but I get really ticked off when I hear fans calling in, oh, no, they can't do this, they can't do it, they're no good. They don't understand the process. And I wish – Here's, here's my thing. I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm pretty well knowledge. Explain what really happens of why things are done in, in, in this offseason and during the pregame and then re- ready to go for the games. How do they prepare people? So there's people out there who have no clue. They never coach in their lives. They see the win-loss, nothing. They're no good. Okay, That doesn't mean anything. The Bears are in all NFL teams do the same thing. Well, we, I, so I, John, we do that a lot. Like Waddle has told you, like the two practices that they had with Indy, in his opinion, was more important than any game you could play. He's he's given you that. Like, but we've also said that Nate Davis, who's had I believe one padded practice his entire offseason, counting the training camp, is not how you prepare for a season of football. Correct. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. So, like, we, we, we look. I, I would say this as well. And thanks thank, for the call, thanks, John. John. Look, I think the vast majority of Bears fans are not only optimistic, they're really optimistic. I'm optimistic. I just don't think 2023 is going to be a championship season. As I said to you a moment ago, their roster is significantly better. They're better at every level. Like, if you compare this year, and again, last year was a teardown. They're better in their secondary. They're better at linebacker. They're better on the D-line. Their offensive line needs to get healthy, and guys need to you know, find their way back onto the field. But that group will be better when everyone's out there. Their running backs are fine, if not better. Their receivers are much better. Tunyon adds depth and experience at the tight end position. Like, look, they've done a really nice job getting better. They still have a ways to go. And I expect Ryan Poles to be tremendously busy over the next 48 hours. As he's shown well, you, they will is, make trades, they will sign guys. They're this, going to continue to try to upgrade this roster for the foreseeable future. This is what I was going to ask you about the offensive line. Because I believe, as of now, I think they're in a worse position today. Not in week five, not in week eight. Today, than they were at the end of the season on the offensive line. Who did they have on the offensive line at the end of last year? Now, maybe they're better because of Darnell Wright, obviously, at right tackle than Larry Borum, right? But Sam Mustafer was their center. They don't have a center right now. <laughs> right. Like, no, Sam right. Mustafer replaced who they're probably going to end up starting, but he hasn't had any camp, the uh, Lucas Patrick. Yeah. 
So, but Lucas Patrick hasn't had any camp. No, he has not been able to stay healthy since he's been a bear, and he's not been good. Look, there's a really and, good well, chance we're, we're that not hell, done yet. Like, I know, but hell's coming to town when the Packers come to town when Kenny Clark lines up across. Nate, the Nate Davis hasn't practiced at all, and he's going to start at right guard, um, and then at left guard. You have Cody Whitehair, who they told you was going to be your center, and he's playing with a bad hand. So, and, and, and we don't know what Darnell's ankle, Darnell Wright's ankle is going to be at, at right tackle. It's hard enough for a rookie to start his first game at right tackle. How bad's his ankle? I, I don't think it's that bad, but he lost his ankle brace like a day after he had it on the other day. Look, so that's I agree a good with sign. you. So, like, I don't think it's in good shape right now, and I don't think it's just one guy in Tevin Jenkins. No, but like when I'm looking at this, I'm saying in general. Their ro- their offensive yes, line, yes, yes. they're better. Yes, they're not better they right need, now because they need it, Tevin Jenkins to be healthy yes, though, which is and, the reason why I'm unsettled about them right now. And I don't like that they knew they needed a center and they didn't go out and get a center. That well, is, I don't like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a uh, that's a legitimate situation. So, so let me ask you this question: Will they make a trade for a center? Like a backup center on another team. I think or if they, a guard I or think, something. I think it's a possibility, and I think it depends on just where they're at with some of their guys, which they know. We don't know. If they feel like some of these injuries are going to linger, then I think that there's a good chance of that. And again, I've stressed this a thousand times. It's why Cody Whitehair found himself, I think, in, right in the middle of my 10 most important Bears list to yeah. start the season. Because for a young ascending quarterback... The interior protection, I think, is more important than the edge protection. I think if you ask quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, they're more bothered by guys getting to them from the inside of the defensive line than guys coming off the edge. It makes you more uncomfortable when your garden center's in your lap. So, but yeah, I think that it's a very real possibility that they will look to upgrade themselves at that spot, especially if they think that the Tevin Jenkins injury could linger. And if Cody doesn't have the capacity to get back to center. So, so you, you may be starting two guys on the interior yeah. of that line who've had no camp. It's the reason why my word for you is totally unsettled. Uh, do we dare for the first time this football oh, season? He's back! Big C. Where has he been? You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's up, guys? The White Sox has on the chokehold. Man, what's up? I can't wait, Sylvie. You know it, Sylvie. Y'all sit on the corner of Lake Estate and act like Brandon Johnson or some politician. Act like a Biden or something. Wait, what, what are y'all t- going to do? What about y'all what? Do? What, about what? You, what are you talking about? You already about? know. Y'all already throw Justin Fields up on the bus. You already know. I don't yeah, know uh, what you're gonna talking about. It's going to be hilarious. About. It's going to be hilarious when, y'all, when they throw Justin Fields on the bus. For Who's the new they? guy. The, the new Hope Tyson. <laughs> Oh yeah, then the, the come on, Big C. They they don't have it. They don't. Yeah, you know, they don't. They're not. That's not how they roll. That's not how they roll. That's not how they roll. Can you interpret what? He, I, no, I'm missing. I'm. I'm I, I, think, of, I, I, I haven't I, spoken Big C in, in weeks. I think what, what he's is, saying is, is the Bears front office is going to throw Justin Fields mm-hmm. under the bus and try to play no, Beijing. I'm talking about the fans in the media. You guys. Oh no. The fans in no. the media. What? It's coming. Nope. I can see it already. Nope. Not here. Not on this show. <laughs> hey man, hey, you're not running for mayor. You're you're not on. Uh, you're not on. I don't want to be mayor of the city. You know, you're right. What's with all the political drops too? With Biden and, and Brandon Johnson. What are you talking about? What's going on hey. with this? Well, Big C, what happened to you? 
Hey, man, don't sit up, don't sit up there and do that, man. Y'all know it's coming. Do you, do you have anything else, Big C? What you mean? Is that it? No. Hey, you know it's coming. You, you got to bring it better than that on your first. Yeah, that's your that, first that's your return your first visit call? was not good. That's you you got to go back to the drawing board. Hey, no, that's hey. Not good. That's not good. <laughs> y'all know the, uh, with the political talk, but check, check it out, though. What y'all think about Tyson, though? I think I think I think he's oh Tyson Bajan. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think that they're making a good decision keeping them at him as their backup. Is he your guy? Is that what you're saying? Is this your guy? Yeah, that's my guy. Still, I'm rolling with Tyson all the way. <laughs> it's about to be hilarious, man. I can't wait for about about week four. All right, so your team Bajan. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. They nah, will, we ain't making no bets. Why not? No bets. Why not? Nah, you could come out here and pop off on us, but you let dude don't want to put your you don't put anything behind. The, yeah, you don't want to put anything behind your statements. The case of the big C giggles. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be funny, boy. I can't wait to call on uh, Bears Monday. <laughs> I can't wait. You know it. You know it. Come look at Waddle. Hey, look at him. You know it, Waddle. You know it's coming. But you got it good. I just try to. All. I just try to make a wager with you to tell you that I don't believe it's coming, and you all you did was giggle. Okay, well, okay, Brandon Johnson. But hey, I love you guys. It was nice talking to you. Look forward. See a big. Sign. I'm coming. Me and Tyson is coming. You and Tyson. Me and Tyson. <laughs> Y'all have a good day, though. I don't remember him giggling that much before. Well, I don't know. I mean. Not so sure it was a good idea. Should we go from Big C to Eddie on the north side? I mean, does it get any crazier than that? Or, or can Why we not? not? No, or, or you can. The, Absolutely. We, I don't think we've talked to Eddie in a long time. Eddie? You haven't, boys. And nice talking to you again. Big C, he makes me laugh. I love the dude. I just like, yeah, because you're uh, both haters. <laughs> no, I'm not haters. So right off the bat, because I have everybody else on the list. How many touchdowns for DJ Moore this year? Uh, nine. I'll go eight. Okay, Shelby I'll go eight. Nine. I'll go eight. Okay, Waddle at eight. You guys want to hear the rest of the guys who went down the block? Abdallah ten, Black eleven, uh, Shea eight, Tyler seven, Carm nine, Yurko eight. Well, Sylvie, you're nine. Waddle eight. Caps nine and hoodies ten. Will you be disappointed? What are you doing a has... poll here? <laughs> yes, I am. The Will I be disappointed if what? So you guys were the last two to get on there. Okay. So All right. Will you be disappointed if it's five or less? Five wins or, or five touchdowns or less? Five touchdowns or oh, less. Oh, hell yeah. Because he got, he got seven touchdowns on his contract year, which was last year before he got traded. And he got a big contract, and then the Bears acquired him. Yes. Yeah, I'll be. I, yes, I expect more than five touchdowns. Okay. Me. So with Justin now, I all I see is he's not making quick decisions in the pocket, which he did in the last couple of years. I and, can't. And I can't. I can't. Eddie, Eddie, he's thrown nine passes so far in preseason. How can you come I, to that conclusion? I, I think no, you. I, I think know, you, I Eddie, know that, Eddie, I think you can make a better. You can make a better argument for. He hasn't been accurate in the preseason versus his yeah, decision making. Correct, I, I agree. But what about that pass by the backup to that tight end in the end zone? It was perfect on a dime, and he couldn't bring it in. I mean, 
nobody mentioned that. Like, you know, I watched that preseason of the Bears game, and it was like right on a dime. He threw it to him. I'm kind of glad this guy's got a gig and everything like that. You know, with Brock Purdy, the last draft pick, you know, in the draft, and, you know, nine wins in a row and starting for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this is. Thanks for the call, Eddie. Listen, I think I, I think I speak for we're back. Us, I think we're back, we're back. in football yeah. mode. <laughs> I think I speak for both of us when I say I don't expect Bajent to compete for anything, but I am a hundred percent comfortable with him being their backup quarterback. Yes, yes, that's it. Yes. Nothing more than yes. this. Let's take it one one step Nothing at a time. Nothing more than that. I I much rather have him as the backup mm-hmm. than somebody who's been in the league for ten years and has thrown a hundred and two balls. Yes. total in his full ten years in the league. Absolutely. I mean, like I I don't need like if for what, whatever what reason. What backup would anyone lust for? Who's the good backup I, I, in the league? I don't. Who's I don't know. the good backup? Who's the good backup? You know who got released want, today. I don't want to pay for a backup quarterback. Yeah, I don't either. We've done this before. Like, I, I and and it, like the nonsense about how the people are going. No, I don't think so. I think there's Justin Fields fever in this city. Like, I think 99.5% people not only are expecting him to be good this year, but to be very good. You want Garner Minshew instead? I don't. Like, I mean, who's the good bat- backup? I, I, they, I don't have any desire. I, let's do like, this different this they, time. Like, all we heard for years and years and years. Draft a quarterback it, every year. Develop a quarterback. Take a new quarterback. Get a new quarterback. Draft him. And if you know what? If you develop him and you don't need him, you trade, trade him. And then you develop another one. They're worth so much. We finally and it's a did gr- it. And we, you finally did it. And now you're like, oh, I want, you know what I want? I want another Brian Greasy. <laughs> Can't, I need another Mike Glennon. Are we so stupid in this town? You want a ba- a good back, a good veteran backup? It's asinine. Well, like do- a Mitch Trubisky as a backup. Yeah. Is Mitch, Mitch third string there now? Uh, I think he's, he's listed as their backup. That's is all he? it is. It's, it's failure. It's, uh, a backup quarterback is a failed starter. So why not take a guy who maybe you can develop? And maybe get something out of, or get something for, and again, or maybe could become something. We like, are like it, it, it's it's so dumb that someone on this on this airwaves would say, "I want a good veteran backup." Who are the good veteran backups? There are none. Save us with a good veteran backup. Boy, that really inspired some enthusiasm from you. Well, it's 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 real. It's. Ron Wolf said it. You get a, a backup, a young quarterback every year. The Packers used to do it All, every year, every year, and they turned it into something. Brunel, famously, they traded him to the Jags. They yes. got a high pick. Matt Hasselbeck. Yes. They traded him to the Seahawks. The, they got a high pick. Who was the starter for New Orleans that they traded? Oh, you've stumped me. The New Orleans, Bobby Hebert. The, the New Orleans Saints quarterback. Who traded him? Aaron who? Brooks, oh, says oh, Twitter. Packers Brooks. traded him. He, okay. uh, Kurt Warner was in Packers camp, guys. He was the fourth string quarterback before he went to the Rams. They couldn't even keep him. They had so many guys. I think Brunel was there at the time. You know what you want? You want young quarterbacks. 
This is what you want. They finally did it right. They finally got a guy in the offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing I think with the, a young quarterback. I, I think the Bengals have Jake Browning as their backup. I don't see that Jake Browning's ever thrown a, a pass in, in the NFL. They've got Trevor Simeon, too, I, don't Is they? he still there? I think, I they, think they, they may have. Last they, I saw, unless Brown. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Patriots developed him. Exactly. They spun him off to the Niners for a high pick. Like we someone need to said, tell you off, Someone mister. said Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy got cut today by the Arizona Cardinals. What you want is you want a young quarterback who the rest of the league doesn't know anything about, and then he shows off in maybe a, sh- a limited amount of time. It's worth a try. And then all of a sudden, though, you, you catch the eye of another team around the league, and then you grab a draft pick for them before everybody exposes him. Yes, yes. So... Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Ah, the good, Monday. Yeah, football's back. Woo! Uh, good, bad, dirty coming up now. The good. It's gone. Oh my God! The bad. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I'm talking about nasty. Wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. It's the good, the bad, the dirty, our recap of the sports weekend or anything else we experienced. It's all brought to you by our great friends and partners at Finishing Chicago. We got everyone here, Tyler, Meller, Waddle, me, and we'll go around the room. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing we perceived as dirty. Waddle, what's your good? Did you see the the outcome of the Little League World Series, I got the walk-off? The I was going to take this as well. Well, let's share this good. I could go with something different. Yeah. This is what it's all about, is it not? Oh, like just the whole game, the drama. I believe that there was a grand slam to tie the game earlier in the game. I did see that. So this was California against Curacao. Right, and I believe Curacao actually, yeah. didn't they the, hit a... In the top of the fifth? Yeah, it must be the top a, of the fifth. They were trailing 5-1, and a kid stepped up and hit a grand Ooh, slam to tie it. Really? So this was a tie game... And what was this the last? Was this the bottom of the last inning, or were they in extras at this point? This was the bottom of the sixth, so the last inning. Bottom of the sixth. It's Carl Ravitch on the call. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. like a big leaguer when he hit it and then the bat flip was oh, spectacular too the, the bat flip was awesome yeah it was cool that that that's a professional bat flip on yeah. a walk-off home run but yeah like i get so not just to win a game to win the entire little league that's world what series. i mean and that's when i fell in love with the little league world series when it was when it was the championship game or they used to show me the semifinals and the championship, like, I think it's gotten overexposed a little bit. But those moments you can't fall in love with enough. Like, the, the, the championship game moments is is what I love. So I don't get into it until the end, but uh, that was absolutely awesome. So I'm going to go with Jordan Wicks then with my good. Uh, if, if you'll take that one. Uh, Saturday night, and you look up, and it's one to nothing already. I was uh, heading out to dinner. I'm like, oh. And I look at Twitter. He gave up. He gave up an, a home run to the first hitter, and then, you know, you guys were texting me, and then 
the uh, the mound visit then by Tommy Hadovy. And then the next thing you know, he's buzzing through the Pirates' order. And the Cubs are scoring runs. And uh, they put up a ton of runs that night on Saturday. They put up a lot of runs that entire series. But um, that's exactly what you want. All of a sudden, don't look now, but the Cubs are starting to develop some of their pitchers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was always the bugaboo that they were looking to solve. And Jed Hoyer has done some of that. Maybe Carter Hawkins has helped them uh, coming from Cleveland. They were always good at that as well. But uh, this, he, he, he was really good in that first outing, and they are going to need as much pitching as possible. And uh, give it to Wicks. And, and my son, I don't know, I tweeted it out. I don't know if you saw it. And you saw Braxton yesterday. Braxton is team rec specs right now. Yeah. So any guy who wears glasses like those, uh, Braxy's all about. So I love it. Uh, so shout out to, to Wicks and his first start in the major leagues. What do you got, Maller? What's your good? How about a thrilling Premier League Sunday morning, folks? Huh? How about the uh, Liverpool Reds coming back, trailing one nil with a red carded down, you know, down to ten men, two goals in the eighty first and then ninety fourth minute from Darwin Nunez saw Liverpool thrash and come back with a big win. So let's go Reds. Let's go Reds. Good little Sunday. Here we go, Red Legs. Not not the Cincinnati Reds. No. The Liverpool Reds. Liverpool Reds. Good stuff. What do you got, uh, Tyler? My good came from across the pond, Notre Dame and Sam Hartman in particular in Ireland. They clobbered the Navy 42-3. to Hartman, uh, four touchdowns in this game. He is a transfer from Wake Forest. He looked phenomenal in his debut with the Fighting Irish. I won money off that. I had money on Hartman over two and a half touchdown passes. Yeah, I had, uh, I had the Irish on the, uh, on the, to- on the, uh, the spread. What was it, minus 20, 20 and, and a, a half? Boost, like and that. it boosted it, too. Look at you. Yeah. Maybe you can buy lunch. No. No. It wasn't that much. It's like I won $18. You were really quick to say no to the buying no. lunch. No. It's Meller's turn. Look Meller at you. owes us lunch. I'm I just am a, I'm aware. facts. I'm, I'm ready to pay. I'm ready to buy. Yeah, we were all. I'll take a T-bone. I was, wait, I was, I was waiting, waiting for, for us out. to be yeah. in the studio. Yeah. So. Take a T-bone. You want to go Tuesday lunch, boys? You want lunch tomorrow, Wednesday? You tell me. Wednesday, we're, yeah, I don't know. if we've, One day we're going to be broadcasting from Hallis, so we got to figure it out. Oh, what is your uh, bad, Waddle? Uh, my bad is, uh, look, uh, guaranteed rate, a uh, couple of people had a gunshot wound, right? Like, that's bad, right? Like You have two- to ask right Right? I yeah, mean, like, like, listen, like, it's, it's been a horrible right or not. Isn't that bad? That, that, that's a bad thing? Yes. yes. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Friday and, night, Carm's going there to watch a little baseball and watch the the Vanilla Ice concert, which got was, canceled. It was I, a weird I, night. And then now the police are, are now starting to finally rule out the mile away shooting yeah. thing. The, the, because the whole I, thing is. Like, like yeah. they, there was this thing that. Saturday, as I was driving down to the Bears game, there was a theory that, hey, someone could have shot this thing from like a mile away, and it could have just landed in the bleachers. And then I started thinking to myself, well, what, what, happen? what, what happens whenever someone shoots a gun in the air? I don't know. I don't want to find and, out. And then I started thinking about all these random bullets that could just be, and, and where do they all land now? And 
it was it, I, I was having a panic attack over all they that. They ran behind the Stanley uh, sign in left field in the bleachers, I guess. So they don't have an answer yet, no. at least officially. But the police are now saying they've pretty much ruled out. That it's come from outside the ballpark. Okay, that, well, that they well, could pretty much now say that the sh- that it did come from within the ballpark. Says here, this is the latest article: shooting that wounded two women at Friday night Chicago White Sox Oakland Athletics game most likely involved the gun that went off inside Guaranteed Rate Field. Chicago's interim police superintendent said today, but the game must go on. The concert, not so much. Like I, this is, I mean, this is beyond bad. This is just like you can't tell this story. Are you sure you're like yeah, right? Right? That's I mean, bad, like, well, bad, I'm just right? saying, like, right? This is like, does it get any worse? <laughs> I mean, it can't get worse. It was the worst week ever for the White Sox. I mean, could it be any worse this week? Hey, uh, we're going to fire a couple of guys. And, oh, by the way, we may move to Nashville. And, oh, by the way, a couple people just got shot in the bleachers. And, by the way, on the diamond, the ace came to town yeah, and hit five dongs on you. Yeah. A lot of dongs. A lot of dongs on you. And, and Dylan, it Thursday? When, which day did Dylan Cease get rocked? I, I just looked at the box score. I don't know if he actually got rocked. He gave up a bunch of runs one of those games, didn't Bad, he? Bad, right? Was it the shooting Bad. night? Bad. Bad. That's bad, bad right? right? When Dylan Cease gives up a lot and there was a shooting, yeah. it's a bad thing. Beller, what do you have is to say about your, your favorite team? Is that both no, your guys' bad? No, no, no. Okay. Okay. My bad is that Bob Barker's no longer with us. Oh, I know that he is lived, bad. I know he lived a great life. 99. 99. Was there anything better? Like, this to me would hype me up to no end when I was a kid. Are so your you pets would say, spayed oh, and neutered? No, not that oh. part. So you would like. There were a few things that would get me Higher! hyped. Up. There would get me hyped up. A, a good Bulls game, like a timeout by the opponent. Timeout, Pistons, and then the Chicago Stadium would rise as one, or a big inning by the Cubs, and then all of Wrigley Field would stand at the end of the inning, or when Bob Barker would do this. Now, Josh, my boy, I'd love to give you that. I don't want all of the home, you right. know, improvement tools no. over here. Who wants that? When I when I qualify, I want the the the, the curtains to open up. Yes, and he points there and he goes, "Josh, my boy, I want to give you that." Yes, a new car. Yes, uh, yeah. And you're like you'd be sick right. in bed, but you'd be yeah. fist pumping. Yes, but this was a famous sign off. Bob Barker reminding you: help control the pet population. Goodbye, everybody. He was a national treasure. Uh, Right. Is he, and Big Cat said it, some people disputed it. Is he the goat of game show hosts? No question. I think he is. Someone said Alex Trebek, but I believe it is Bob Barker. Uh, I'll go with Bob Barker. Me too. He did it all. Yeah. He did it all. And a friendly chap the whole Uh, time. Oh, yeah. Sometimes too friendly with some of the models. I don't think so. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes a little too friendly. Yes, that's true. But he he was a national trade. Alex Trebek was great, but I think Price is Right had a wider reach than Jeopardy. I agree. Yeah, yeah, you think? I think so. 
I think he had more charisma. I know how to bid on something. I don't know how to answer half the questions right. on Jeopardy. Yes, yes. I think a lot of people yeah. can uh, identify with that. I'll bid $1, Bob. The quick wit, everything. It, it, he's the fantastic. Mike. The little it, stick mic. fantastic. Yeah. All but, of it. And don't underestimate, too, the fight scene in Happy Gilmore. Oh, Yes. Fantastic. Outstanding. Some of these guys are arrogant asshats, too. They right. host these shows. Not Bob, Bob Barker. Barker. was like, he's truly America's sweetheart. Not anymore. No, he's dead. Right. I know. He was. But, yes, he was America. 99 years on this yeah. planet. That's why it's my bad, because he's no longer One of us. the best tweets I saw all weekend, Bob Barker, 99, uh, as close as you can get without going over a dollar. Oh, Legend. That's great. That's what is you can get? Meller, what's your bad? Uh, we need to double down on what happened at the raid on Friday. Yes. That was just awful. Bad, and right? I'm still waiting. Right? I'm still waiting for a plausible explanation for why the game continued, but the concert needed to be canceled. I need that articulated succinctly for me as to why. Well, I think they have decided they have given you an answer as to why the game continued, right? But they yes. haven't about the concert. Correct. They said technical difficulties originally. And, uh, yeah, I just need a few more specifics as to why one happened and the other did not, personally. That's bad. That's bad. Tyler? Uh, my bad from the weekend. USC looked good, but their defense did not. Yeah. And that might be the thing that holds them back from the playoff. They let up 28 points to San Jose State, which, uh, okay, you can you can see, all right, maybe you get some points at the end, but a lot of it came in the, the middle portion of the game when it was actually yeah. somewhat of a game still at I that point. I watched most of that game. You're right. The, like. San Jose State gave them a run at least for a good portion of that game. And, and USC could not stop anything, whether it was on the ground, in the air. So the, the USC defense gets my bat for the week. All right, our dirties uh coming up. And if you want to weigh in on some bears, we're guest-free the rest of the way. 312-332-3776. Whether it's on the White Sox stuff, we have not talked about it much. If you were at the game or we did not even talk about the stadium situation, too. Uh, there was interesting stuff from Bob Nightingale's piece. And some things that Jerry Reinsdorf is thinking about. We'll get to all your phone calls coming up. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. That's right. We uh, wrap up the good, the bad, the dirty brought to you by Finishing Chicago. We're in our dirties, Waddle. What do you got? Uh, did you see the Rays and Yankees? I think five Rays were hit. The bench is clear. Yeah, there was uh, twice. I don't believe there were any punches thrown. Stop throwing baseballs at guys because you're pissed off because your team stinks. That's dirty. That's dirty pool. It's dirty baseball, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for right? sure. We've dirty always, baseball, we've right? always been against that, yeah. yes. Uh, Meller, uh, I don't know if you were going to use this. We were both discussing it. We read the same article from Bob Nightingale. Cody Bellinger has 27 RBIs here in August. And he had an interview, not Cody, um, Bob Nightingale had an interview with his agent, Scott Boris. Scott Boris is drooling at his upcoming free agency. I originally set the over-under at seven years Two hundred ten million. That may be light now. Yeah, could uh, be. This is what Boris said: Demand is often created by rarity. When you have the rarity of age, the skill level, a five-tool player, 
a gold glove center fielder and first baseman who can run, throw, hit, and hit for power. That's a rare commodity in baseball. Um, And you could say Scott Boris is dreaming when it comes to the salary. When Scott Boris dreams, they usually turn into reality. He gets money for his clients. Cody Bellinger is having a dream season, and it's manifested for the Cubs, luckily. And they kept him, luckily, despite me at one point wanting them to sell. So he has been so much fun to watch, but he is going to have... He's going to get paid. He is going to get paid a blank ton of money. Especially like his Sut said, look, if I mean, if... If he continues to lead this team the way he is, and they find themselves at the top of the NL Central, he's not going to make a run inside the uh, postseason. Hometown discount? There'll be no hometown no, discount. No, he's going to get whatever he wants. It'll be a hometown bag of cash. Meller, what's your dirty? Yeah, Boris is famous for putting together these extremely elaborate dossiers, these big thick binders that he passes out at the winter meetings. I guarantee you, the Cody Bellinger one. I don't know if they still do it in 2023, but. He's going to have a very thick PDF that's going to go. That's why oh, he's the best. All the, yeah. yeah, and he's going to get paid. You're right, Sylvie. Uh, my dirty, I believe it just uh, came to the forefront today, but I guess uh, Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly, said on her podcast that uh, Matthew is having a harder harder time um, getting to know his teammates getting these days because yeah. when they leave practice, they just start looking at their phones that they don't hang out anymore like they once did. Um, that may be the case, and I get it totally. But at the same time, I don't think that's going to go over well in the locker room that Matthew Stafford's wife is talking about no, how no. her husband is having a hard time identifying with his teammates of today. Aaron Rodgers is doing a decent job. You know, like, he has meshed with that team really well and Garrett Wilson and a lot of these young skill guys yeah. who are, like, half his age. Well, yes. I mean, you see he's engaged. Yeah. Like, that... You wonder if he had that level of engagement up on the behind the cheddar curtain over the last couple of years mm-hmm. with his young players. All I saw was him showing disgust with some of his his young guys yeah, early right. in the yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then uh, wrap us up here, Tyler. My dirty is U.S. sprinter Noah Lyles. He came out with the comment. He was critical of the NBA saying they're calling themselves world champions. And then he got a lot of pushback from a lot of NBA players. Send uh, Real Madrid over here and let's see them take on the Denver Nuggets. Let's see how that ends. I'm confused by all this a week. What what happened? So he said it hurts him a little bit that he has to watch the NBA Finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the oh. U.S. sometimes, but that ain't the world. And then KD, I think uh, Damian Lillard had a comment for him, P.J. Tucker. All these guys were coming after him for it. But send some of these uh, Euro yeah. teams over or sure. uh, teams in China over. They'll get, they'll get run out of the gym by a U.S. team. All right. If you want to uh, weigh in on uh, what you saw from the Bears on this Bears Monday, 312-332-3776. Have you been frustrated by their preseason? Are you unbothered? What's your one word? It's something that we have discussed um, because we're a little, you know, uneasy about the way we feel right yeah. now. Uh, 332-3776.